Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I might chip out, man. I got this, yeah. It's let's go in Portuguese, right? I think it. I think it more closely translates to come on, but oh. it's like the same kind of like, yeah, like hype, like like fuck to yeah. emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's go. Like, we fucking did it. Come on, like. <laughs> I just start doing that around the house now. Like I'll cut an apple perfectly. <laughs> of course. Bagel. <laughs> Poa. <laughs> The All cheese right. isn't expired. Paw! Yeah, right, right, right. I'm trying to make the sandwich. The cheese is good. Paw! <laughs> okay, you so... win it 50-50. Paw! <laughs> We're keeping all this in the, in the episode, Kobe, right? No. We got it. All right, let's start this up. Let me know up. when to start. Let me know when We're to start. Go now. Go now. Welcome back, Ankle Pickers. We are live on a Wednesday night, bringing it to you with the Chorus Brothers boys how are we for episode what now kobe 30 season two episode 12 see holy shit with time flies when you're having fun am i right boys how are we oh i'm terrific this is gonna He's be so much terrific. fun i'm fired up ready for a great card that's all i like to hear that's all i've ever wanted to hear so we'll start where we always start and i think parker for all those who are wondering everyone's like oh where's parker he comes one every five episodes He'll be here. Maybe. Let's not count the chickens. Maybe. Bunny lines that he's not going to show up, but maybe the halfway point. So we'll start off with our stars of the week for the worst card that we've seen in recent memory. We decided that the main event is going to get the third star going to Cyril Ghosn. I was overruled by Country Club Kobe. Kobe, why does Cyril Ghosn deserve our third star? Not for anything that was a really impressive performance, but he got the win. You know, he, it's only his what? I don't know what fight it is in the UFC, but he's eight and zero now, and you know, taking down Biggie Boys. I don't know, pretty decisively too. It's 45, 40, 45 it across impressive. the board. It wasn't what we wanted. He didn't push the envelope. He didn't have any sense of urgency. But he didn't need to. Like he was winning yeah, the fight the winning, whole time. Yeah, you can't you can't blame him. He's winning the whole time. It's kind of on Jarzinho for not. Pushing that other gear. I know he's a counterpuncher, but I guess Cyril Gaon's not going to put his chin out on the line if he's winning the fight and wants to like risk his yeah, win I, money. You kind of answered my next question. I was going to say, is it more Gaon's fault or is it Rosenstroke's fault for that? For the I think the underwhelmingness around that fight. Yeah, I put it on Jarzinho. He was too patient, waited too long. Uh, I mean, Cyril was piecing him up. He didn't need to do anything differently, and I, I don't think that he would 20 times out of 20 or 100 times Did out of 100. Did you guys catch the Instagram video that Rosenstrike dropped after the card about just – he basically was just apologizing, saying, like, that stunk. You know, that was the worst yeah. fight I've ever fought, and all of it stunk. That's true. But you know what? Now that we talked it out, Kobe, I agree. Third star goes to Ghani. Got the job done. Young guy. Showed tons of discipline, which is what I liked. He showed tons of, like, pressure control. Look great. Definitely. So Definitely. one more question before we move on. Don, what's next for him? I, that I wonder because I don't see him getting a title shot yet, obviously. Taking a quick and look at the heavyweight rankings, I know we lost. Rob Volkov. I was about to say. Him. Yeah, that'd be a great jump. matchup. Volkov? That'd be, that'd be awesome. 
Okay. I think I, I think I laid out a, a situation last week where obviously Stipe and Francis fight. John Jones gets the winner of that. And I was thinking that Volkov sits out and just waits for that. But a stay busy Christian. fight versus Cyril could be fun. Yeah. I know Derek heavyweight. I know place. heavyweight. I know heavyweights. Derek Lewis, Curtis Blades too. Or okay. Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades gone would be cool too. I know heavyweights weak, but I hope they groom gone a little bit more. Just because I don't want them to rush him into like an Nganu and then scare him. And not that they're going to fight, but you know what I mean. I don't want them to rush him too fast. So our second star. Or wait, not to derail. I think I misspoke. Yeah, no. I had I had uh, Volkov Lewis next. Curtis sitting a lot. And so maybe Curtis Cyril is a good match. Yeah, Curl Cyril, C- Curtis Cyril will be interesting. But like, where do you set? Like, not that we're doing set the spread now, but like, dude, Curtis has got to be the favorite, though, right? Maybe not. And all about Cyril. All yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I like Cyril's jujitsu, honestly. That's an interesting one. So, right. moving on, our second star of the night. We didn't actually decide to finish second. We just have the two options. So I'm assigning it right now because it's I know what number one star is. The bantamweight bout as a whole, but it's we're going to give it to Pedro Munoz for the victory. But that bout as a whole was the one shining star on this card, in my opinion. As Definitely far as the highlight team. of the main card. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Went to a decision, but that's what we wanted. It was 15 fun minutes. Uh, one of my favorite parts was after after the fight when they were in the center of the octagon comparing bruises on their oh, calves, yeah. being like, oh, like you got me pretty good. Like I got you pretty yeah. good. Like that was a good fight. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I respect awesome. I got a lot of respect for Jimmy Rivera there. He bro, that man ate those leg kicks could barely walk. And then was still slinging leather on the end. And was connecting too. It was yeah, at no hard, point was he out hard. of it. No, no point was he hard. It's just like a guy like Pedro Munoz, you don't expect to really, you don't see expect seeing his lights go off. So it's like, it was definitely an uphill battle, but hats off to both those guys. I'm assuming that one fight of the night, do we have the performance bonuses? I never caught it. I didn't. I would assume it did, but I I don't know. I would assume it did too. So that's the second star. And the only reason that fight as a whole was the one shining star. This guy. Other than this guy. He's definitely a guy who got a performance bonus. One of the only finishes of the night. Ronnie Lawrence looked phenomenal. Danny was all over it all week. And actually, even though I didn't get it down as an official play for the pod, I did lay money and rode with Danny on this one, and I'm not disappointed at all. Second or third round KOTK mm-hmm. for Ronnie Lawrence and what was really just a domination the entire time. Yeah, I was all over this. I, I think it was the only reason that I came out green from last week. Um it was exactly what I said. Multiple takedowns every round and then just dominating yeah. ground and pound. And honestly, I thought it could have been stopped a good like 40 seconds before it was. But I'm not yeah. complaining. No, he looked great. Ronnie Lawrence looked like really good. And it's it's it was exciting to see. But everything you said came to fruition. So just another cherry on top on why he got the number one star. Definitely the best performance of the night. Although I think the Jimmy Rivera fight, just because it was more even, was a little bit better. But yeah, all in all, this card is definitely one to forget. I mean, we had a couple. I think we have some honorable mentions, but in the in the in a negative light, Alexander Hernandez being a little baby. Uh, apparently, he was making some posts cont- complaining about the decision, even though no one was surprised. Um, Kevin Kroom getting dominated. Kevin Kroom getting dominated. The, in the terrible women's fight. Yep, a yeah, women's draw on the main so card. Hard. 
Uh, yeah, Ankalaev underwhelming performance. But this just, was a cursed card from the beginning. I mean, we had yeah. Dominic Reyes, Yuri Verhazka canceled, Manifield William Knight canceled, Asun Sao Hayoni Barcelos canceled, yeah, and, Randy and Brown, left- Alex Oliveira canceled, and Ankalaev for Randy Brown, Ramzan canceled, Angela uh, Hill canceled, which I was excited yeah. for. Yeah, just it was yeah, it was a played card. So I guess. I don't know about everyone else, but I think it almost worked out. Oh, well. I am seeing, I am seeing the bonuses now. Fight of the night was Munoz Rivera, fifty to each fighter, and performance of the night Ronnie Lawrence. Exactly what we called. So we saw it, yeah. And so that was what I was going to say is, you know how usually before big pay per views, the week before and the week after they take off, partially to build hype. This kind of felt like a good taste, you know. You got a little bit of nine fights, but I definitely am still hungry for more right now. Like I'm ready for this. Oh, week I'm so hungry. I want violence. So moving on, last week our ankle lock got scratched, I believe. Um, Correct. Yep. And Still so sitting at ten and five. And so we got together, and and it just has that much more momentum this week. I feel that much better about this one this week, just due to the fact that you know we're we got we got pent up demand here. The ankle lock this week, Dan did the honors last week and he got cursed. So I'll introduce this one is Dominic Cruz. Hall of Famer, first ballot as an underdog price against Casey Kenny. Currently, the line is Casey Kenny minus 130, Dom Cruz plus 110. Barring some sort of injury that Dom's holding or something, I don't really see a path to victory for Casey Kenny. And I think Dominic Cruz, just due to the fact that he came off that Cejudo fight and he had that ring rust layoff, I think he's getting extremely disrespected for his resume and the type of fighter he is i mean he's one fight technically big time. Layoff. Big he's time. one fight removed no he's back-to-back title fights he's back-to-back title fights and people are and now he's got casey kenny i mean a little bit of a drop off there in my opinion absolutely and so we'll taking that it. so yeah i plan on taking that uh plus 110 all the way to the bank and so i'm excited for that one now the real question is just how many units do i end up throwing i gotta make sure i caution myself because there's gonna be a lot of money slung around this card gamble you responsibly to, to your listeners yeah Gamble responsibly. Don't do it on Buffalo. But if you're listening right now, pause the pod, lock it in at plus 110. Unbelievable price. And I do worry about him potentially becoming a favorite and it drifts into negative territory or closer to minus 110 each way. Danny, any follow-up to that? I love it. I'm I'm excited. Uh, I guess we'll get into it when we go through the prelims a little bit more. But this is a great value for, I think, maybe one of the best values that we've had on our ankle lock yeah ankle lock it's a it's very good value especially to plus so it's unreal to see that being okay. said casey kenny's yeah. kind of a favorite of the pod too so this is he not is he, he is so yeah no, Nothing what, no here. Pull some money yeah not something we're taking lightly no he's undefeated on the pod as far as us riding even though he gave us a heart attack against nathaniel wood so yes i i i like this fight for for Cruz, and this is definitely not to be taken light, lightly from coming from us. So, news and notes: uh, we we hinted at one earlier in the week. JDS and the Ream, uh, Alistair Overeem, both getting cut from the heavyweight division. I I I do really. I know we sometimes breeze through news and notes, but I do want to hear your guys' opinions on that. I mean, those are some big name cuts. I mean, when I started watching the sport, those guys were the face of the heavyweight division. I mean, those guys were, were the guys. And so it's kind of like a passing of the torch for sure. But I didn't see 
I mean, there I are people see... there are people that have o- Overeem as their heavyweight goat. He's won every single promotion, major promotions belt except for the UFCs. And I mean, and a lot of that was due to timing and a lot. Right, yeah. right. He's, he fought at Pride for a while, um, and yeah, I mean, he he just I mean, he's what sixty five fights in, but I I am shocked. I think he's I mean, the know... guy with uh four decades of pro fights, right? Yes, first yes. one in ninety nine. And as as fought, ever or he since. fought the nine, yeah, or eighty nine, or yeah, no ninety nine. I don't know, but yeah, yeah, ninety nine, two thousands, two thousand ten, and oh, now yeah, yeah, four decades. So yeah, he's a he's definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer. But I felt like he kind of, I mean, I know he hinted that he was kind of going to be done after this last title chase. But like JDS, I won't lie, I kind of saw coming. I mean. I've seen him quit a couple of times in the octagon here. He's been finished like pretty fast. And like, he's, I mean, he was on dancing with the stars. He's got other things. Like, I don't think he's totally in it, but the ream did surprise me. Definitely. Totally. Like Especially with weeks, how shallow like two this division is still. But yeah, it's two so weeks shallow. ago, Reese was, you were talking about ream getting another chance at, you know, a title. I would love to see one. So it is it. a little shocking to see that name be the, be the release, but yeah you know i mean coming off a loss like that it's not the most shocking thing considering where he's at in his game right now but you know well i was i actually was listening to some comments people were making about this in the twitter sphere and they were just saying like it's even though he was winning against walt harris who's he beat augusto sakai who i mean these guys are some of the ranked fighters in the heavyweight division i mean alexi is still under contract and and he was beating up on Rosenstreich until the last second. Like you realistically say he's on a five fight win streak. The the thing is, is it's like one loss to Volkov. People were arguing that basically his path to strategy was curl up, take the abuse until the fatties gas out, and then win from the top. And like that did happen, but still, like I think he kind of got snubbed a little bit. I don't know if there's other back behind the scene workings, but this one definitely made me sad. It would have made you more sad to see him continue to get beat up, though. Like, it obviously depends Fair. on the matchups. 100%. But I think he still can take yeah. some of these guys. I would probably back him against, like, a lot of 15 through 10. Marcin Tybura, Blago Ivanov, Sergei Pavlovic. I mean, he's got all those guys. He's got all those guys. In my not opinion, Cyril Gon. he's got all those guys. Cyril Gon's at four Cyril. with the most recent ranking. Yeah. But great spot for him. Above I mean, like, Volkov, dude, I might add. Augusto Sakai lost to Reem, and he's sitting at nine right now. Reem's sitting at six and just gets yanked. I don't know. But the heavyweight division lost two top 15 guys due to cut. So that's pretty crazy. So we'll see what's going forward with the heavyweight division. Um, also for news and notes, we I believe we have a fight announcement. Two of them. A couple. Two of them. Um, let's start with Rose Wei Lee, UFC 251 in April. It's a good and- one. We also have Figgy Moreno rematch UFC 263 in June. I'm excited for that one to get run back as well. I choose June's June's too long to wait for a fight that good. I'm too excited for that one. I know, especially because they, they fought so Andrade, quick after Valentina they both fought last week. I think we did, but we can talk about it more. No, we don't. Need to. We already did. Just yeah, I, I think we I think we both said that that's going to be the lowest line we've seen out of Shevchenko in a long time. Yes. Is that yeah. also 251? That's the same card as Rose Whaley? I think it's 250. Well, they're both Parker's birthday, right? Oh, then yes. It's going to be yeah. – yes, you're right, you're right, you're right. The dual, the dual chick fight, baby. Let's get it. So, um, do we have 60. anything else? 
We're on 59 right now. Yeah. 61, 61. 60 and 61 right now. What do we have anything else? I thought we might've had one more thing. No. That's all I got. Nothing. Okay. So that's a clean slate for news and notes. So we got our ankle locked down. We got news and notes. And now we're getting into the part that you guys all are actually here for breaking down this upcoming card and what makes money. It is what a card it is. UFC 259 this Saturday, March 6th. Early prelims start at 5 p.m. Central. Mr. Danny Casual. Be out Danny, in the mountains. I was about to say, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Danny Casual is missing the first fight. Barring any setbacks, it might be more. If he gets eaten by a mountain lion, he's missing the whole thing. Knowing me, I'll, I'm going to be shredding fucking powder watching ESPN Plus on my phone. <laughs> I'm a no-pole gang kind of guy. so You got to get like, a nice long lift at 359 where you can watch the first whole fight on the lift. Exactly. Shredding I'll pull up Jones. on the lift. Grab that first flight or fight, shred down the mountain on a groomer. Well, the ankle pick rules are if you miss one fight, you're instantly deemed a casual. So Danny's getting stripped. <laughs> but so, so the card is unbelievable. UFC 259, early prelims start at five, main cards starting at nine, all of which is on ESPN Plus per usual. I think the prelim cards on ESPN. So Boys, let's get into this card. We'll get into the first fight of the night. We're going to go a little bit quicker through prelims because this main card is just that juicy and we don't want to waste too much time. So we have a bantamweight bout that, once again, Danny will not be here for. It is Mario Batista versus Trevin Jones. But I know, although he's not here, he's got quite an opinion on it. And I do as well. The line on this one, not surprisingly, is Mario Batista minus 240, Trevin Jones plus 200. Yeah, I think that's a really appropriate line. Uh, Batista should come out with a win here on short notice. He trains, I think, at the MMA, MMA lab with Casey Kenny and Kyler Phillips. So he's kind of been in camp this whole time, training for those other guys' camps. All three who are on of the which card. are on this card. All three of which are on this card. So he, he was saying in interviews that even though it's on short notice, he's been in camp for the, their camp this entire time, and he feels like he's had a full camp, although he wasn't preparing for Trevin Jones. Um Trevor Jones stole money out of my pocket when he came from behind against Timur Baliev, uh, even though he got absolutely pieced up in the first five minutes of that fight. I think it was a fluke. I think that this is going to be an easy one for Batista. I'm a big fan of Batista. I think the line's appropriate. Uh, could be a parlay piece, but I don't think it'll see my card. Yeah. So, man, I got to start interjecting and taking first. Danny and I always joke about how Whoever goes first, the other one's just shit out of luck because we usually see the exact same things. But, yeah, I when I saw this line at minus 240, I wasn't surprised at all. And similar to Danny with Batista working out at MMA labs, like you said, he's he's going to be ready for this. And he's been in the training camp with the other Bantamweights, and I'm, I like that line at 240. If you see it either in the ankle po- uh, pick pod parlay that Kobe creates or one of our plays, you'll definitely see that name on the sheet. I'll be, I truly would be surprised if we didn't. Um, moving up the card, we have, uh, oh boy, Euros Medic versus Alan Cruz. Alan Cruz is that recent, um, he recently, I think he won in the UFC. No, he lost to Sp- Spike Carlisle, who's no longer with us. God rest his soul. He's Round not dead. One he's, KO just, to Spike he's not dead. He's just out of the UFC. But he beat Stephen Wen by flying knee on the contender series. And that was one I was actually rooting for Steven Wen. He's a good prospect out of Wichita that I was watching back at the time. So when I found out he got that fight, I was actually pretty excited for it. And I was shocked he lost that one. He was a favorite there. But Cruz 
got the job done, got the contract, and then lost to Spike Carlisle. So that's an interesting one. The line on this fight is Cruz plus 140, Medic, Medic. It's got some sort of asterisk over it, but minus 160. This is another one where the line doesn't surprise me, but it does scare me a little bit. Uh, Euros Medic is a guy, listeners know I love my prospects. This isn't a guy I'm crazy high on. If you watch any of his kind of amateur tape or just past professional tape. He was on Contender he, Series too. He gasses. He's, he comes out hot. He's well-rounded for when he has energy. But his gas tank is limited. I'm going to be scared if he's on my card. Um, this could, be a, this could mention, be a play after, a live play after round one. One thing to mention and dance it after round one. These are his, he's five and oh, or it says six and oh, but uh, it says he's, they already gave him the win against the line Cruz because <laughs> he's five and oh on typology and then under line Cruz, he just had him at six and oh. So mad respect there, but, oh, but now I'm telling it up. All right. He's six and oh, I see now. So, but in his, in his fights, these are the, these are his finishes first round a minute, 46 in second round, 51 seconds in. First round, three minutes and 38 seconds in. First round, two minutes and 52 seconds in. First round in the most recent bout, two minutes and 12 seconds in. This guy puts people away. Is Elon Cruz different? The thing that I saw no, in this he one. Got, I mean, Elon Cruz got finished quick by Spike, who you mentioned is no longer <laughs> yeah. in the UFC. It's a guy who is was mentally never there. So it's, this could be a good Euros in round one play. I don't know and the, the other thing, too, that I found interesting about this one in particular is Alon Cruz is the type of guy who, at, fighting at featherweight, 145, he usually, standing at six foot, has the reach and length. Usually. Not this time. So that surprises me. I wonder how that match is going to be. It's going to be like, this might be the longest featherweight bout on record combined. Like These guys are both big guys. Managing round six, one is plus 225. And that's kind of tasty. Yeah, not bad at all. That, but are you going to get a finish in round one at a line that's only minus one sixty? It's it's minus one sixty is not that. I'm looking at his history. I'm I'm getting a finish in round one or fifty. <laughs> it seems two. that way. It seems that way. So we'll see if Danny's right about this prospect. Mike gasps. Who knows? But I think it's going to be a layoff for both of us. We'll see. Women's strawweight bout is next. Um, Livia Hinata. Souza versus Amanda Lemos. Line on that one is Amanda Lemos minus 235. She's cost a couple people Malort shots on this pod. And Souza plus 195. And we already know what Danny's going to say, but I'm going to let him say it anyways. Go ahead, Dan. <clears throat> Pass. PK. <laughs> These are PK. <laughs> so for that, I'm taking the plus 190 at value and keep it moving. <laughs> exactly. Mizuki Ioni yeah. cost the Malort shot to Lemos for yours truly. There you go. And how did that Malort go down? Have you taken it yet? Yeah, I took it. Danny was uh, sitting next to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny weirdly likes it. He pretends like he doesn't, but we know. Isn't it interesting? <laughs> I'm not going to play it, but if, if we have any crazy listeners out there, Sosa round one sub plus 12.50 right now. And when they're both dry, that could happen. What's I'm not going to play. By, what's her just by sub in theory? Uh, so is it by sub. In, in all honesty, I think that Lemos is the better grappler. 
but yeah. Souza has better jujitsu. I don't think that she's going to have an opportunity to get a sub if it's not in the first minute. There you go. See, I knew Danny. Try. I knew Danny had something to say. You they just need to pry it out of it sometimes. <laughs> you just got to pry gonna... it out of it sometimes. Against two jujitsu girls, I knew he had something to say. You just got to pry it out of it. So, Souza by sub I'm seeing is uh, – oh, gosh, I just had it. Go ahead. No big deal. Next up is a welterweight bout, and this is also, just leaving this out there, was runner-up in our discussion for potential ankle lock of the week. It's a welterweight bout between Sean Brady, 13-0, and and Jake Matthews, 17-4. and The line here was a little steeper than I expected, and that's what ultimately was where we kind of went wrong, but I'm excited to hear what Danny has to say about this one. Sean Brady, minus 210. Jake Matthews, plus 175. Yeah, I'm big on Sean Brady. Um, I think he's one of the best American prospects that are currently in the UFC. I mean, being undefeated, 13-0, and 0, it's a pretty good start. Excuse me. Uh, he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu under Henzo Gracie, which is obviously no joke. And I do think that this is a good opportunity for him because he's a great wrestler as well. And Jake Matthews is no slouch. Jake Matthews is a athletic motherfucker. Uh, and sometimes he get kind of gets away with being athletic. He uses that to his advantage. He relies on it like a crutch. I don't think that he's going to be able to use his athleticism against Sean Brady in the same way. Um, I think he, Brady should be able to beat him everywhere. And this will probably end up being on my card. I like to hear that. I, I was, I'm with Danny. I think Sean Brady is going to, at the very least, grab all three rounds, if not get a finish. For me, it's more of a it's more of I worry a little bit too much about Jake Matthews, I think, to to pay the 210. I think that's where my fear is because both these guys are extreme talented fighters, but Sean Brady truly is a, a different breed of fighter. He's a I'll tell you this much. Sean Brady yeah. would have put Diego Sanchez out of the octagon in round one. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. As much as yeah. Jake Matthews looked good against Diego. Yeah, that I, fight no, lasted I, way too long. Way too long. I agree with you. Oh, I agree with you one hundred percent. Sean Brady would have put him out in the first round. Jake Matthews let him linger, and yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I, I and I and I think Jake Matthews, like you said, Sean Brady's the better all around mixed martial artist, and I, I, I think that Matthews not only would loot, drop each round but could get caught as well. I just, I wish. It might even just be a mental thing, but I wish I saw a one in front instead of a two. The two. Yeah, if it was one ninety, I think. We'd if it be was one ninety five, I'd be all over it. Yeah, I know. I we'll see. The week's still young. It's only Wednesday. Moving up the card, we have a lightweight, a uh, light heavyweight bout against a guy that I've already faded and hit on, Kenny in Chukwi. Let's do that one more time, Kennedy Chukwi. Is that right? That's like spot on, I think. Fuck yeah, it is, boy. <laughs> Versus Carlos Ulberg. The line on this one is Chukwi plus 210, Ulberg minus 250. Yeah, I, I got to say, it's got to be in Chukwu, not in Chukwi, right? But you're, you're right there. I think it's Chukwe. Yeah, Chukwu, Chukwe. Chukwi, whatever. Moral the story, he's a big, big dog. And I didn't really expect that. I faded... I faded him against um, Paul Craig, and I I hit that. <laughs> but I also faded him against Darko Stozic, and I lost that. So here we sit at a break even for this for the man. 
but I, 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 that's the first time I saw that line. You, you got a live reaction to that line, and that seems a little steep for me. Yeah, this one is really interesting because Carlos Olberg is legitimately three and zero in his professional career. He has he's no with that city kickboxing crew, isn't he? Yes. He, so not only is he with the city kickboxing crew, he's actually Izzy's main sparring partner. Um, that, dude, yes. I was watching. I've been watching a lot of interviews of both of them, and yes, okay. If you follow Izzy anywhere, you've seen this guy. If the name yep. looks unfamiliar, if you follow him anywhere, look at his picture and be like, "Oh, I've seen that guy a thousand times." So definitely, and okay. he's a big 205er with a lot of reach. Uh, he's got great movement. I think that if this is if this fight stays on the outside, it's it his to lose. I think that he's got the advantage on the clinch. I don't think I'm going to bet him just because three and zero in your professional career is leaving a lot just up in the air, question marks, and who knows. Yeah. Um, but I'm really excited for this one. Not only that, but his total outside of kickboxing, his total mixed martial artist time in the ring is 15 minutes for the unanimous decision in his first ever fight. The other one is Ernest in his first ever pro fight. The other one is a, or so his first ever pro fight was on the New Zealand regional. Don't even say how he won. Doesn't even say it, it was in 2011. Don't even count it. Scratch it. 2018, he had a fight, unanimous decision in eternal MMA. And then he had his contender series left hook that lasted two minutes. So in the last three years, he's had two minutes of fight time. <laughs> two the minutes one of thing I will time. say that makes me weary to put my money on him. And one thing that might explain why he hasn't ever fought is he's way too pretty to fight. He's yeah, by far the prettiest man I've ever seen. And uh, I don't think Paulo that he Costa. wants to get – I think Carlos Oberg is – Whatever. We don't need to get- <laughs> yeah, pause, pause, yeah. pause, pause. All right. So, so before we start uh, turning this into rating men's competition. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I we'll see. I mean, three and oh is uh, if he wasn't in that city kickboxing crew, if he didn't have people that have already kind of been making some noise, I highly doubt he's getting this shot at three and oh. If I get drunk enough while skiing, look out for a city kickboxing parlay. Carlos Olberg, war. City kickboxing parlays have not been friends of the pod, but Dan doesn't seem to care. But minus 240, that's a crazy-ass line for a guy who's 3-0 and in, in, in professional fights. Two minutes of fight time last three years. But Kennedy's only, only route to victory is a, big, is a big right hook from hell. The only thing about Chukwe for me is he's so fucking slow. He is so slow and a guy for a guy with this type of kickboxing pedigree i think it'd be very easy for him to piece him apart just by just speed alone if you can hang out with izzy for 20 minutes sparring give me 15 minutes in the octagon with a slow power puncher like please right i yeah i'm starting to get off my stance so it wouldn't be an ankle pick pod if we didn't mention tim elliott i feel like it just would be a disservice to all so capping off the early prelims we have a a flyweight bout tim elliott versus jordan espinoza the line on this one is danny had danny licking at his chops tim elliott plus 105 jordan espinoza minus 125 i do like this line um i I, 
So I think in one of our first episodes, I bet against Tim Elliott in his in his last fight uh, against Ryan Benoit, we, a yeah. guy we mispronounced his name a lot on the first episode. Yeah, Benoit. <laughs> um, and that was a fight where I actually thought Tim Elliott lost. <laughs> but if if we're gonna count that as a win. Looking deeper at his record, his, his last three losses are Brandon Royval, Askar Askarov, and Davison Figueredo. Those are killers. Yeah, Those aren't well, like everyday Joes. Those aren't run-of-the-mill Jordan Espinosa guys. Those are killers. I think that Espinosa is a good wrestler, but he kind of fails to link his wrestling with his jiu-jitsu. He, fa- like, he doesn't remember that he has to do jiu-jitsu once he lands a takedown. And the king of scrambles, Tim Elliott, is going to take advantage of that. I see him getting the better of every scramble that takes place, even if Jordan Espinosa is the one initiating it. Um, and, and Jordan Espinosa isn't a guy who has a ton of layers to his game. He's not, like, throwing feints to set anything up. He's a really one-dimensional guy, and I think that Tim's kind of just going to see past that. He's going to be too smart for what Jordan Espinosa wants to do. And he's just going to outscramble him when he needs to. Yeah, I get what you're saying. The one thing that I want that kills me about Tim Elliott is I watched him on The Ultimate Fighter and he rolled through it. Matt Schnell included. Eric Shelton is a name people might recognize. Runs through The Ultimate Fighter, wins it, faces Demetrius Johnson. Goes to unanimous decision with Demetrius Johnson. And everyone was like, oh my God. Comes out, looks like dog shit against Luis Smolko, gets the decision. Then gets tapped out in 49 seconds on a fight that I was riding, no less. In 2017. Against Ben, against ben Then, cancel about, cancel about later. And he goes on that three fight skid that you were talking about. I mean, he beats Mark DeLaRosa and goes on that three fight skid that Danny just mentioned. But they all are, they are all killers. And, and, and he won that second round against Asker. I just rewatched it maybe an hour and before. And you also we said, taping. and he we also both three times in that second round. And we also both agreed that he, that he, if you watch that, I've recently watched that Benoit fight and he lost. And so, like, I don't know. I don't want to put my, I know it's plus 105. I just, I don't know if that's where my money's going. Espinosa is just not a guy I have any trust in. I agree. The guy who lost to Matt Schnell. I was about to say. mentioned yeah. in 2019. MMA math, one plus one equals Tim Elliott. I it's agree. even more than that. It's Tim Elliott beating a prime Matt Schnell, maybe even pre-prime, but like on its way up, a good, a better athlete than 2019 Matt Schnell. Yeah. And, and David Dvorak is also plus, kind of ass. Plus 105 is enticing. I'll, I'll give you that aspect of it. So we'll see where that line finishes. Tim Elliott, to me, just the, the mental game worries me a little bit with him. E- very easily to slip up. And Glory MMA is on a bad streak with Kevin Kroom losing. <laughs> we didn't even mention Kevin Kroom. It was such a disgrace. So there, now there, on- there is such a thing as a winning house versus a losing house. And if you if you put any weight into that, it's worth noting. 100%. Just wait, till you, just wait, wait one fight and you'll hear my rant about a losing house. So – the fucking Hufflepuffs of the Harry Potters are coming next. So before that, this is the start of the prelim card, 7 p.m. over on ESPN, Central Time, as always. We have a flyweight bout. Man, this is a this is the the, the little guy's card. 
This is flyweight, flyweight, bantamweight, bantamweight. Love it. Flyweight bout. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Hagario Bontorin versus Kai Car France. And the line on this one is Kai Car France minus 135. Bontorin plus 115. Kai Car France's lowest line since rising. Lowest line ever in the UFC. Similarly to Tim Elliott, Kai Car France is one and two in his last three. But those losses, Brandon Royval and Brandon Moreno, those are killers. Those aren't guys yeah. that I'm looking past on a resume. Um, I mean, Moreno just got – so Moreno got cut when Dana was doing his let's strip the flyweights like in like a maniac. But this so was the he, beginning of his run. This was 2019 December. Usman right. This is when he came back, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he, cut, so he gets a fight against a, a newly coming back Moreno. And then he lost to Roy Vall too, which I think was an upset on Roy, big upset because that busted the city kickboxing parlay we've talked about. It wasn't a huge upset. I think it was a close to even fight. Yeah, something like that. But yeah. um, that was kind of Brandon Roy Vall's coming out party as a jujitsu expert. And one thing I will say about Kai Kara Francis, he's had a lot of trouble with guys who can out grapple him and make him work on the ground and guys who are just going to like stop him from his kickboxing. Um, Bontorin is a guy who I thought was a lot better of a grappler than he was until he got worked by Ray Borg, a 40-year-old Ray Borg. Uh, so I'm not super high on him. I slightly favor Kai here, but this is one I probably won't play. Yeah. Like I said, it's it, the city kickboxing parlay is only going to happen if I have a really good time on the mountain. Um, I, I don't play this one either. And if I remember correctly, I haven't fully taped for this Kai Kara France fight yet, but didn't Royval? He ended up tapping him, but wasn't he winning on the feet in the first round, winning those yeah. exchanges? Yeah, which I hated to see. I remember we all were just like, we're fucked because I rode Kai Kara France that night, hand up, and I remember he lost that first fight in on on both the standing up and on the feet uh, and on the ground. And I was like, oh, I am so fucked. I'm the most fucked person. It was, but that was a weird one. It wasn't a. Like, and Brandon Royale, like you said, it was a coming out party for him. We learned it was a, a coming out party for Brandon yeah. Royale, and he was a super awkward striker. He was throwing those like spinning back, long, fit. lanky too. Yeah, like, he yeah. wasn't technically striking with Kai, and he was just throwing Kai a lot of reads that he hadn't seen before, which is weird coming from city kickboxing. City kickboxing, but. right? So we'll see. I that probably that's, that's probably the last we speak of that fight, but we'll see. Flyweight bout, Joseph ben- Joe Benny, Joseph Benavidez, the luckiest man alive for marrying Megan O'Levy, is fighting Asker, and his parents got bored naming him Askarov. The line on this one is Joe Benny was – we were just talking about it. No, I can't find it. Joe Benny was – oh, yeah. Joe Benny plus 100. Asker, Askarov minus 120. Line has not moved much at all. Crazy line. Crazy line. I like Asker Asker over there, and I believe Danny likes Joe Benny. Now, my reasoning is very simple, and you all have all, all known my reasoning for a long time now. Fade Team Alpha Male. I, I, it's just a very simple method. I don't need anything else. You could give me literally a guy with no feet, no hands, and I'm like, what? where is he trained? Oh, okay. Yeah, Fade Team Alpha Male. Now, Danny's here comes Danny's real in, in, in insight. <laughs> Well, this is this is the last chance for Joe B. We saw his soul get taken twice against Davison. 
Um, Joe B's been stuck in limbo for his entire career. He's been a level above every single non-champion and a full level below every single champion. He hasn't been able to just take that last step. And and I see this fight two ways. I I, I think the line's pretty appropriate, honestly. I that's think literally that the you, best thing I've ever heard. If you that's, believe that sums up his career as a whole, a level ahead of every single contender and one level behind every single champion. And that's it's been if you run by Demetrius Johnson. Mentally so not there anymore. Thinking? If you believe that Davison took his soul, that he's no longer like thinking that he can make a title run at his age, which isn't unrealistic. You got to go Asker. If you think that Joe Jitsu is still Joe Jitsu, and if you think that Asker is going to make this a, a wrestling match or a grappling match, which is Asker's best strength in all honesty, I know that he stunned Tim Elliott like once, but he didn't look that impressive against Tim Elliott. Asker Askarov is a guy I don't think is a champion or a future champion, which would make me think from what I've said that Joe B should have the advantage. Why, as Reese mentioned, I slightly lean him here, but I'm not going to put my hard earned cash on Joe B. Yeah. And he it's, also, he also beat a, and this is Asker, beat a fading, like Asker himself, he beat um, Pantoja. He beat, yeah, that's a, 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 a gas Pantoja. Pantoja won the first round and just literally mm-hmm. just disappeared beat tim elliott which as you said tim elliott a guy that i was just chalking up back there got hit got his in and and joe benning's on a different level than tim elliott and tim elliott got his and one thing that i'm hearing about asker is his wrestling is his takedowns and tim elliott was on top for a good three minutes of i mean granted three out of 15 isn't going to win you a fight but tim elliott isn't joe benavidez right that yeah dead on the money so, yeah, that probably won't see either of our cards. It's definitely a risky bout to consider. My heart will but be in Joby's corner. Mine always is, but that heart's been crushed quite a few times now going leading into this fight. So we'll see where he's at. Every time it mattered. Yeah, have, I remember we all watched the uh, behind the scenes, the unfiltered, watching Megan Olivia watch that fight. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. But this sport, we, you say, we say it every yep. week. The highest, highest the highs, highs, the lowest, lowest lows. the lows. Very true. Moving up this card, we're almost to the main card. Bantamweight bout. Song Yudong, another team alpha male guy against Kyler Phillips. Danny. Oh, wait, I like let me get to the one line. a lot. Yeah, the, um, line here, the line here is Kyler Phillips plus 130. That's another line you won't see often against Song Yudong's minus 150. Yeah, definitely. Um as we said, he doesn't like Team Alphamela here. Song Yudong is probably their last hope, their last <laughs> big prospect that has a real shot. And he does have a real shot. Um, he's a trans a transplant out of uh, China, and so he did find a home with Uriah Faber, which is good, great for him. And he's been bringing in a lot of other Chinese fighters, like my girl Loma, um, so I do think that they might, and, and Li Jinglong, I think they might be a, a Chinese pipeline in the future. And he's got a nice win over Cheeto Vera. Phillips is a guy that's probably slightly better of a technician, both on the feet and on the ground, I think, than Song. 
but I really think that Song's athleticism is going to be too much for Kyler. He's going to be bigger, stronger. He's a great counter puncher, a great pocket puncher. A prospect I've made a lot of money backing, including that Cheeto Vera fight, which was a weird kind of back and forth, weird decision. Uh, I wouldn't have been mad if it went either way, but I was really happy that it went for me. It's a tough spot to fade Team Alpha Male. I really like Song. You no, know, I here. agree. This is one I might not fade. And I might not fade either. It might just be a good point to add on the pot. I'll just be like, oh, I told you so. But the one thing for Song Dong, and I don't – I hate harping on this, but it's truly like one of the things I believe most in this sport is experience is something you can't buy. Experience is something you can't train. You can only earn it. You can only go in the ring, go into the octagon, under the lights, in front of people, or I guess now with COVID not – and earn that fight experience. Song Yudong's had that fight experience, but he's 23 years young. And so I'd be lying if I always worry about putting, and, and minus 150 is not a steep price to pay for a young guy. It's more of those minus two, 280s, minus 300s, where I'm like, am I really about to lay this on a guy who could make a simple mistake? But Kyler's just as young of a prospect. And I, I thought think he was like 26. Less tested. How old's Kyler? I thought he was a little bit older. He's 25. But 25. he's eight and one versus sixteen and four. And Song Yudong went in a war with Cheeto Vera. That's kind of why I'm so high on him is because he he had to reach deep down and find yeah. something that wasn't working or fix something that wasn't working versus Cheeto, who we all know is no slouch at all. No, Cheeto Vera's and that's the other thing I was gonna mention is a lot of these younger guys, especially a guy standing in at 23 years old, you look at their resume and you go, Okay, yeah, they're he's being groomed, they see something in him. I mean, Cody Stamen, not an easy fight. Marlon Vera, not an easy fight. Alejandro Perez, not an easy fight. Vince Morales, Tyler, not Tyler an easy won fight. his his first contender series fight, didn't get the contract. They gave him a tough contract. He lost in the first round to Brad Katona in tough. I remember that. Brad Katona, did, did Brad Katona end up guy, winning tough, not though? the athlete. Uh, he went, he did well. I don't think he won. I think he went on and because he beat Bright, Bryce Mitchell. I think Brad Katona went on and won, but not that's not the point. The the real point is, yeah, that that you're right. He he got he he's shown much more weaknesses than Song Dong ever has. And the experience, now that you mention it, it's always a worry for me, but it shouldn't play a factor because Kyler might be two years his his senior, but he is significantly less octagon time. And the athleticism should be all with song. So before we get into the ankle lock, which is next, and then the main card challenge, does this see your card, the song of dong? I think it will. Not to mention that songs fought at featherweight a bunch before. If, if song, I mean, he's weight, huge. He's if huge. song makes weight, he's going to dominate Kyler. who's never fought at featherweight once. He's a true bantamweight. I, I Kyler, see I mean, Kyler's definitely going to be one where I wait until he makes the weight. But when he does, it's going to be a hammer. I feel like Kyler's more likely to make flyweight than he is feather. You know what I mean? Not make weight. I mean, obviously it's usable, but I'm saying he's closer to flyweight weight class than he is feather. Yep. Song Yudong is, he's like the Darren Till when he fought at Welter, just a massive man. Um, Definitely. So yeah, you'll see, you'll see if it does get to a grappling exchange, you'll see, you'll, I think you'll see a, a strength advantage. So getting into the, the main, the capper here, the, the prelim, the preliminary card main event. It's the Dom Cruz Casey Kenny card that is also the ankle lock of the week. Might want to invest into a siren, get a little like we going on because we got a big one here. 
And this is one I cannot believe is not on the main card. Right. Crazy. Not only that, but it's a plus 110 for the guy who just contended for two titles back-to-back. Casey Kenny is a guy who obviously has looked amazing and he's come through. He's risen. His stock is, is on the rise. But like we said, we recently rode him and he gave us some tough looks um, in that Nathaniel Wood fight. That doesn't right. happen to Don Cruz. Don Cruz fought Garbrandt for the title at Pete Garbrandt, and then he fought Henry Cejudo with a questionable stoppage. I, I, I'm not worried about anything Casey Kenny has to offer that Dom Cruz hasn't seen. But Dom Cruz has made his career on giving people styles that they haven't seen. And I don't believe Casey Kenny's ever fought anyone or seen anything like Dom Cruz is going to throw at him. Definitely. Definitely. I agree with you. Everything you said there. Obviously, Kenny's the more active fighter on the three-fight win streak. But Dom's been the guy who is career the one thing that hasn't wavered one time is he does not believe in ring rust. He can come in there anytime, any place and be the same Dom Cruz. He's yeah. like, he, he is as smart of a fighter as I know in the octagon. There's a reason why ESPN sure. gives him the inside the octagon show. Um, he also and- broadcasts for a reason. He's and he's my bro- he's a broadcaster. A lot of people don't mention, but he's the he's the guy where I learned the most from. He's always talking about advancing positions. He's always talking about, and they all know the stuff. But <clears throat> like you said, Dom Cruz has the mental, but the question has always been for him with his injuries, the injury bug. Does he have the physical to go with it? He's it taking sounds this like fight. it sounds like he's gone through the whole camp with no injuries, and that's the that's the big thing that I was looking for. Yeah, and he he also is a guy who's like one of the big reasons for the layoff is he kept getting hurt, and he just like he's had so much time to heal. I really like this spot, and when we were doing the set the spread, if you missed it, we found out what that line was, and I personally was taken. I was shocked by it. I thought Don Cruz was going to be in the high minus one sixty seventies, something like that. To see him as, as the dog, we almost did a pause, pause and rip. And, and I, I really am a big fan of this play. I like it a lot. And I, yeah. I think it's, yeah, I like this it. Is, I mean, Dom Cruz is the definition of a, a striker with layers, a grappler with layers, a guy who oh. doesn't make a step without thinking of the repercussions it, in every which and way. And I'm telling you. And Casey Kenny is a more one-dimensional, simple fighter. He's going to bully you with pace and see if you can keep up. But if you can keep up, or if in Dom's case, if you can overwhelm him with your footwork, if you're just not there to be hit where you think he's going to, where he which thinks you're going to be there. to fame. Dom's it's going to be a tough night at the office for him. If he, if Dom can do his, his thing, it's going to be a tough night at the office. Dom's entire, entire run to the, uh, the title and also defending it was literally him throwing stuff at people that they've never fucking seen before. And there's no difference in Casey Kenny. The thing about Cody Garbrandt is Cody Garbrandt's footwork and speed was what counteracted that. That was the only thing I've ever seen that counteracted what Cruz had. And then Cejudo's, obviously a hall of famer and a phenomenal wrestler. And even still it was, it, we wanted to see the fight go longer, but I don't think Casey Kenny is near as quick or as near as has near as good footwork as a guy like Garbrandt does. And no one does. So I don't see Dom Cruz being thrown off at all. I don't think Casey Kenny's going to throw anything at him. Dom Cruz hasn't seen. And I think Dom Cruz has many paths to victory in this one. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Perfect. So now this is the part of the night where Country Club Kobe gets in, unmutes himself as he always forgets, straps on those headphones and gets in here. Let's go. 
How, how are we? Welcome back. Welcome back. And, yeah, guys... and also the negative hits. Parker does not attend, but that's not here nor there. I've been texting him too. We were, we were just radio silence on his end. But radio silence has proved worthwhile because he's still got a lead in this MCC that we got going on. It's tightened up time. for sure. He's got more time. He listens to the pod back and then makes his decisions. It's and he has to watch the weigh-ins. Parker's got yeah, 16.03. DK, not even half a point back, 15.63. Reese at 12.90. And myself, not even two-tenths of a point back, 12.79 and in last place. Do you have the points for last week, my good sir? I can get them right quick for you. Let me flip through some notebook stuff here. Last week... Three pages back, four pages back, five pages back. Last week, six pages back. <laughs> five pages back. Last week, Parker had 0.37 with just one win. And he he's still 1.16. Reese went three for five, three for four because we had the draw, so no one got anything on the draw. Three for four, kind of, but only mustered up 1.34 points and I got 1.30. So Reese I, came I, in see, first I last thought... week, myself in second, Danny in third, Parker in fourth, but not a whole lot of damage done one way or another. See, I was I was thinking that and that's why I was taken back by still kind of almost bringing up the caboose, but that's fine. We're having another good card tonight. I'm feeling good about it. So you boys ready to rumble? Let's get oh, into yeah. it. Let's do it. So this card, 9 o'clock Central, UFC Apex, on pay-per-view, UFC 259. Get it on ESPN+. Plus. Start, and this is and I, this is not hyperbolic. This card might be the best card we've seen in the last maybe ever. Top to bottom, phenomenal. Since UFC 200 for me. Yeah, top, top to bottom is absolutely phenomenal. So starting off the card, we have a, a fight that could be a fucking – title fight uh, uh interim fight if they wanted to tiago santos at light heavyweight against alexander rakic the line on this one shook me to my core on the set the spread as i was completely wrong but it's it's come down since to make me a little closer alexander rakic for all intents and purposes minus 160 tiago santos plus 140 yeah this is a, this is gonna be danny a really Mikobi. fun matchup yeah danny Mikobi just rankings this is going to be a really fun matchup. It's one I'm really excited about. Um, Tiago Santos, we talked about a lot. He had that great John Jones split decision and then had a really severe knee injury that we weren't sure how he was going to come back against Glover. He looked pretty good against Glover, at least for the first couple of rounds until Glover was able to take his back and end that. Pretty um, easily, might I add. Like once also, it got to the mat, once it got to the mat, Glover worked him. But the this yeah. one shouldn't. In general, I don't see this one hitting the mat. I think that it should be a fun one, a kickboxing match from start to finish. We just saw Rakich dispose of Anthony Smith. Um, but before that, lost the split decision to Vulcan Ozemir. I'm going to value the split decision loss to John Jones a little bit more than Vulcan Ozemir. And I'm just going to take Tiago Santos here. Uh, let's go with the Brazilian, and I'll be screaming pole hot at the end of the match. <laughs> Co- uh, it's me. That's right. 
Real so, quick, Santos plus 137 is where I see it. Yeah, Sweet. that is it. I just – yeah, I just made it easy. All right, plus 137 is fine. So, yes, everything Danny said is kind of where I was at. The one thing is Rakic actually, that Blahovich fight was – I don't know if it ended up being a split decision or if Vulcan just won out – I said Blahovich, but if Vulcan just won out, outright, but he was, he was destroying Rakic's leg. I mean, absolutely <sighs> destroying it from those lower leg kicks. Rakic is a guy who looks phenomenal in every fight he's fought, but a lot of his wins and a lot of his hype has been made off highlight reels against guys like Jimmy Manuel going on four fight knockout streaks or beating an Anthony Smith via decision, even though it looked good. Anthony Smith him apart, but it didn't put him out there. Right. And so I, I, when you see a guy like Santos who is a little more battle tested against these guys of elite magnitude, also beating a guy like Jimmy Manoa, but like a Jan, he beat Jan Blahovich in the third round before that, the guy who's t- fighting on the, in the title. And so taking him as a dog is what really took me back. I was so sure he'd be a favorite. So I might as well take the value. Give me the Tiago Santos plus one thirty seven, please. I'm going to stick with my guns. I'm on the favorite, Rakic minus 157. I just haven't been that impressed by Tiago Santos. And I, granted, I, you know, majority of that's based off that Glover fight. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah, as of recent, I agree with you. As of recent, I agree with you. But I just, I'm looking big picture here. Hopefully, recency bias isn't a thing. Moving up the card, Parker's going to phone it in later. Moving up the car, we have a lightweight bout. Now, this one I, I'm excited for. Islam Makachev versus Drew Dober. We did touch on it and set the spread. We couldn't help ourselves. But Islam Makachev is a whopping minus 360. Drew Dober plus 300. Both Danny and I were sniffing it all along. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give my pick right away if here first. I'm going to be on Drew Dober. Um, <laughs> Yes, sir. Via... No, just, just give me Drew Dober because I think he has a legitimate chance to win this fight, and this line is disrespectful. He has been – we talked about Izzy's main training partner, Carlos Olberg. Drew Dober is Justin Gaethje's main training partner on top of that. Um, I don't think so now, but for a good eight months when COVID hit, he was legitimately training and living – at team elevation with Justin Gaethje. They were sleeping on the mats just because no one else could get in. It was just Whitman, Dober, Gaethje. Um, He's facing the most avoided guy in the UFC probably. It's a guy who we hear a lot about from Habib, from DC. They both say that he's an unbelievable wrestler. He's this unbelievable prospect. And and I'm I'm not saying they're wrong. I just think that you give me these odds for a guy like Dober, who's got the calf kicks down, who's got the punching power, who's a good wrestler in his own right. I'm not going to sit here and say that he's like comparable to getting rounds in and rolling with Khabib, getting rounds and rolling with DC. That's just another level. I'm not going to try and tell you otherwise. But I don't think from what I've seen that Islam is like the second coming of Khabib. And if he proves me wrong right here, I'll be a big, big rider of his in the future. I'm, I'm honestly maybe looking for him to do it. But 
I like plus 300 or whatever it's at for Drew Dober. I think he's got a realistic chance to do it. Um, and he's got the best mind in the sport and Trevor Whitman in his corner. Danny, I won't lie to you. you you've swayed me a little bit. Uh, I won't lie. I Right now, I'm making my pick. I'm going with what I came in with. If I could redo it and cheese you, I think I'm taking Dover at that plus 300 clip. You had a very compelling argument. However, I had this written down beforehand, and I'm going to stick with it. I think Makachev, as much as Danny talked about the hype, I think that Danny's right on where the 360 is a little steep. It's something that I kind of overlooked. The one thing that I didn't overlook is how effing good this guy is. Makachev is an absolute freak. And Drew Dober obviously is very talented in his own right, like Danny touched on. But this hype that Habib is is going around talking about, and, and you can watch these guys, they'll even say out in the open, just like they say how Habib's um, little brother or we said cousin or whatever the relation is, is a better wrestler. They're saying the same stuff about Islam. And it's, it's I'm not saying it's true, but what I've seen from him has shown me some tremendous talent. Um, and so the 360 line is a little bit steep. And that's something that I think Danny's pick is also right. I think there's no wrong pick here. I think, I think Makachev is probably going to win this bout. I think taking Drew Dober at plus 300 is beyond reasonable. So it's kind of like in that sweet spot where I see that I, you're right. I see this two right. ways. I think that going away from this card, we're going to either think Islam Makachev is in the same conversation as Charlie Olives, as uh, Michael Chandler, as Connor, as right. or we're going to come out saying that he's got some work to do or some polishing right. off to do. Right. And Drew Dober's, it, it, he's not an easy test. No, so I'm going to take it. the big Far line. And, and if I'm wrong, we're going to make a lot of money backing Islam because his style, as we've seen in lightweight, works pretty well. Yeah. And another thing, too, just to chuck it out there is Drew Dober's no no newcomer to being a dog. Dog against Alexander Hernandez, one. Dog against Nazrat Hackpress, one. Dog against Nazrat Hackpress. I mean, that's I mean, Drew Dober's used to this disrespect. It's not this isn't new to him. And so I think that also a lot of guys get pressured when they I mean, imagine finding out that you are plus three hundred to get your lights turned off. And he <laughs> wanted this fight. He was booked against Carlos Diego he's Pereira. A gamer. And and that got canceled and he was like, Oh, I'm so in for Islam. Like he, he feels like he's been training for this for years because of the Gaethje Khabib fight. Yeah. And so I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to thread the needle a little bit. I'm, I'm coming in here cause I didn't want to take Dover even at 300. I, I would be a fool to lay the 360 on Makachev. So we are going to get cute. Did a lot of, time thinking about how this is going to go drew dober's a tough guy did get submitted by Benel Dariush, but i i don't i don't see drew getting finished here i'm gonna go makachev wins by decision uh and that is where is it minus 105 i thought yep makachev wins by decision minus 105 kobe i had a similar thought process of not wanting to lay the minus 360 or whatever it is but i'm gonna go by sub Dagestani was, plus three eighty. Those are the two. Uh, those are the two. I was um, sub is a is a whole point higher, but 
Makachev could also win by KOTKO from like ground and pound or something. I thought in the distance wasn't terrible. Or he could lose. <laughs> he could lose for sure, but he yeah. probably won't. But he no, could. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm planning on becoming a big Islam fan after tonight. But, I don't like yeah. I like, I like, I, I'm with you. Now we're talking, as, as Kobe alluded, now we're there. Title fights, three in a row, back to back to back, all phenomenal. Let's hit it. First one, Peter Jan, Aljamain Sterling, right down the pipe, minus 110 each way. Pick it how you want. I kind of think the panel's all going to be on the same side if you listen to set the spread, but I'm down to hear it anyways. We might get funky with it. Danny, you already were very passionate on set the spread about where you're probably going to be on this one. I, I don't know if anything's changed in the last two days. No, nothing has changed. I really, really am excited for this fight. Um, I've honestly been even more hammered home. So I think I've mentioned in the past, I don't want to give out any free publicity, but I do listen to one other kind of MMA gambling uh, podcast. And they had John Anik on as a guest this week for the first time. It's their biggest guest, and he was talking as a guy who's real close with Ray Longo, a guy who's real close with Aljamain Sterling, about how, how worried he is if this becomes a pure grappling event. If Piotr really stuffs just one or two takedowns, he's worried about Aljo's chances, and this is a guy that's in Aljo's corner big time. It just made me even more excited. Piotr Jan is probably, in my opinion, the best switch hitter in MMA the way that he just stands in the pocket and just gives you nothing you've ever seen before with so much power is ridiculous the dude is a great defensive grappler the dude is great in scrambles I mean even ending in top position some of those times where Magomed was going to take him down or did take him down and he got those reverses Aljo is absolutely a beast Piotr's a different animal. I'm on Piotr. I'm probably going to be multiple units on Piotr on my actual card. I'm really excited yeah. for this fight. Piotr is going to be a name that everyone listening, if you haven't, if you, I mean, obviously he's a champion, you're familiar with him, but he rides through the ranks fast, faster than most champions. I mean, he was just annihilating people, got a shot, and he just absolutely flew. Not to interrupt you, but there's a reason why when – the belt was vacated. Dana White was like, I'm not sure who we're going to put in the title, but I know Piotr's going to be there. Right. It's not by accident. And he's, he absolutely, I mean, honestly, I've been watching this sport for a very long time. And I can't, other than that, like uh, the season of tough where they gave him instant title shots and a couple one-offs, as far as working your way to the title shot, Piotr Jan's one of the fastest I've seen. He really just flew through the ranks. He just showed up to the UFC and I mean, it was a tough fight, but I mean, or I mean, it was an easier fight for him going through, but he got John Dotson, Jimmy Rivera, Uriah Faber, Jose Aldo, boom, he's there. And the Aldo was for the title, but he is a guy that you look at his resume and you go, Oh, he's, you know, he's got, to, he was fighting in Russia for a little bit. And then he got to, um, he got to the UFC and he had a couple fights with, with guys that, you know, aren't the, the run of the mill guy. I mean, Douglas Andrade for one is a guy who's definitely past his prime. John Dotson's underrated. Jimmy Rivera was the start of the skid, but a phenomenal fighter, a guy that was in the 
talk shit about. Uriah Faber, don't even But Jose Aldo is the best um, featherweight to ever live. And so I, I don't like this notion that P- Piotr Jan's resume isn't good or he hasn't fought those high-level guys or why you – know, I mean, I'm not saying Cejudo ran from him. That would be ridiculous. But like, You also have to look a little behind the scenes. He's a guy who was among, with Rafael Fizev, was the head striking coach at Tiger Muay Thai, a guy who, who was getting Alexander Volkanovsky fits like maybe two months ago, a guy who was the champion at the weight class above him. He's, he also spent a lot of time at ATT working on like just polishing off any holes in his game and just kind of chatting with Javier Mendez. I wouldn't be surprised if Javier's going to be in his corner also. They like were hinting at that. I yeah, like Piotr and, a lot. And something that I'm that we literally would be, or we would stop the pod tomorrow if we went on and mentioned and talked about this Piotr Jan fight without talking about the Magomed Magomedov. I mean, both. The, ol- the only guy on earth. To both fights, but the only guy on earth to beat this man, and what a what a fine loss it is. You know what I mean? You go like, mm-hmm. don't care. We don't we care. saw his, we saw his debut in Bellator that was just an absolute domination. Magomed Magomedov is a beast, but beast. for me that like regardless of how good Magomed Magomedov is, it's the development from the first fight to the second fight that is why I'm so high on Piotr. He, I mean, he lost the first one. It was a split decision. Like, he, it, wasn't, it wasn't a domination by any means, but he got completely outgrappled. And any time that it switched from his bread and butter to the other guy's bread and butter, he was at a disadvantage. He comes back not, what, like eight months later, nine months later, and yeah. is a completely different fighter on the ground. He is equal to the wet blanket of Magomed Magomedov. He's, it's night and day what he went through. And that performance in that second fight is the reason why, like, I am so high on him. It's it's the reason why I'm sure that he can handle whatever Aljo and and um, Ray Longo have, have planned for him in grappling with Parker. And one thing too that I do want to mention is the loss to Magomed Magomedov was a split decision. So realistically, one judge sees what another guy sees, and boom. Here we are undefeated against a guy who we know is should be in the UFC soon and rise through the ranks. He looks phenomenal in Bellator. I mean, Magomed Magomedov looks amazing. So with all that preamble and garbage, I'll, I'll cut to the chase. Piotr Jan minus 110, absolute steal, absolute value, easy decision. I had him as the favorite on the pod, I, I think. I don't want to talk Yeah, I think we both I'm did. pretty sure I did. Yeah, I think it was the degrees to how big of a favorite he was is where we lost our points. But – yeah, Piotr Jan here. I love this one. Uh, I mean, Aljubain, I respect him too much to call this like an ankle lock, but... Yeah, he's a beast. I mean, he's disposed yeah. of Corey Sandhagen, who's been running... Which is no the- easy task, yeah. It's it's just, these these guys are different. This isn't a knock on Aljo. It's more of a testament to how good Piotr Jan is, is where I'm coming from. And to see him at 110, this is going to be one of those things where you, you don't see a value. There are guys just at different levels on the feet. It's 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 the Max Holloways, it's the Volkanovskis, it's the Izzy's, it's the Piotr Jans. They all spar together if you pay attention. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Nothing and, different for me. I'm on Jan. Yeah. There you go. I knew it was going to be a quick day at the office for you. Now, this one's going to be actually the quickest day at the office, not just for us picking, but also for the fights themselves. The next fight is the Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson, which, by the way, total little tidbit. 
Casey Kenny went on a went on a podcast. Sat someone at with Sean O'Malley. Someone asked them, would they fuck Megan Anderson? Casey Kenny said yes. Megan Anderson went some sort of rant where she was like, only in the UFC can someone say that they want to have sex with their coworker and not get cut and like had a big meltdown. And now they're on the same card. So if you want to watch that video, it's an absolute hilarious laugh. Casey Kenny's just clowning with Sean O'Malley and Sean O'Malley's talking about how he wants to do DMT or some shit. With that being aside, Amanda Nunes minus a thousand Megan Anderson plus or Megan Anderson plus six fifty. Not enough. Go ahead, Danny. Which, by the way, a line I drilled on set the spread. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm I'm taking Nunez. I just have to figure out how I'm going to get cute with it. Um, she talked about in her last fight that did go to a decision, how the only reason it went to a decision was because Felicia didn't give her what she was looking for or something. She didn't, like, make that one mistake. I'm going to go ahead and say that that happens again because I really like this number more than the plus 120 TKO. Nunez by decision plus 535. Okay. Thank you. I Your preamble got me in trouble, but I actually am going a similar route to you, but a little different. Not Amanda will not lose this fight. Don't get no. that twisted by no, this no. pick. Don't get that twisted for a millisecond. But I'm going to take the over one and a half at minus 125. That uh, a women's bout over one and a half minus one twenty five. Sure, that's a great Thanks. number. Please and thank you. I didn't even see that. That's a great number. I'm gonna we'll take the KO TKO. What is it? Plus one twenty for Nunez. Even over two and a half plus one seventy. These are these are numbers. You could ride that all the way up if you really think a decision. You could just you could get so much value. If you're wrong, you're fucked. But you could ride that bitch to the moon if you hit want. the minus 125, the plus right. 170, the plus 285, the plus 400. 400. Yep. And just ride it to the moon, baby. We'll see if that happens. So, Kobe, you said KOTKO? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Pretty easy. Not, nah, I mean, Amanda could do it however she wants. It's more, Kobe, your pick is going to hit if Amanda decides to do K. She could decide. She's going to be, I'm going to submit her. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the day off and get a decision. It's up to her. Um, and then the, the, the light heavyweight that doesn't come without me screaming. So I'm just going to play it cool this time. I remember the Paulo Costa card. We had to cut bits and pieces. It went on far too long. So light heavyweight main event, Jan Blahovich against Israel Adesanya, 20 and O Israel Adesanya, 27 and eight Jan Blahovich. And the line to no one's surprise, Israel Adesanya minus 235, Jan Blahovich plus 195. Danny, lead this one off. Yep. Uh, people know I'm a big Izzy fan. I've used his word a lot tonight, layers. This guy has got more layers than an onion, more layers than an ogre, and that's just on the feet. We haven't even seen his grappling game, which I know he's been working on a lot with Andre Galvao, one of the greatest black belts in the world at Aitos Jiu-Jitsu, a place that had, I think, five of the nine world champions in Abu Dhabi last year. If we want to put any weight to grappling competitions, the best one in the world is in Abu Dhabi. Um, I'm on Izzy. Give me the 235. I don't want to get cute with this one, even though I think he's going to knock his ass out. Jan is slow. Jan is loopy. Jan is awkward. He does have Polish power. So does like a lot of people have power. I'm worried about those body kicks that destroyed Dom Reyes in all honesty, but I was worried about those body kicks against Paulo. I think Paulo is like technically a better pressure kicking game in terms of just cutting off the octagon than Jan and Jan kicks harder. But in terms of smarter, it's just not even close. I see Izzy stay on the outside, picking him apart. 
maybe a leg kick TKO round round three. Izzy's just gonna kind of toy with him until it, this is Izzy's fight to lose. I don't see Jan out grappling him. I really don't. And I think in the clinch, Izzy has it from outrange as he has it. Uh Jan hook off the break is really the only path to a KO for Jan I see. It's a lot there. I, I would rather be I, – I begged Danny before this all started not to say layers because I think that we've yet to be proven if Israel Adesanya has multiple layers. I mean, just even looking at his striking, he, he does not take a half step to the left without thinking of what you're adjusting to it and how am I going to adjust to beat you to that. It's he he'll throw two feints of the same kick that you might not even recognize or of different kicks that you might not even recognize are different to see how you react differently to them. Calvin Gastelum dropped him three times. Three. Jan Blahovic was going to get cut around the same time. If Jan, I know, but if we're going to talk Blahovic, about that time period of MMA. Jan but if Jan, get no, but I'm just saying if he Jan, was winning a belt. What I'm saying is if, if Calvin Gastelum can drop him three times, what happens if Jan hits him with that exact shot? He can't because that's he's not the, five inches shorter. It's a it's a whole the, different punching angle. The reason that the, the reason that Kelvin was able to do it is because it was awkward. Same thing you're saying about Dom Cruz. He threw Izzy something he hadn't seen. Kickboxing guys that are two oh fivers. He's his whole career he's been kickboxing guys that are one eighty five and above. A lot of two oh fivers. Some even heavyweights. Okay. It was Follow awkward when. Midget Kelvin Gaslam was throwing Izzy's, punches from Izzy's, dirty Izzy's boxing. Izzy's walking around. Izzy's walking around talking about how he's gonna fight. He's gonna walk in the ring at one ninety something, one ninety six and change. It's interesting, but has, it's, it's not has something. His that deters head not me. ballooned like he ate fifteen airheads. It's interesting, but it's not something that deters me. You're forgetting that he's done this before. He was in the UFC. It's different he was sport. It before different before sport he, altogether. Before he even was entertaining the idea of moving up in weight when john jones first announced that he was moving up in weight this was before izzy even fought paulo izzy was saying john is doing it all wrong you can't sit there and put on 10 to 15 pounds of muscle or 20 pounds of muscle or whatever it's going to be and expect to move the same you want to be the same caliber of fighter of martial artist with the same speed same precision same quickness same timing john's not do that I'm not, I'm not even talking about John anymore. Okay, John's done it. He's not moved up ever and fought in yes, a different weight class. John's, you're telling me John Jones has never fought a heavyweight? Never in his career. How sure are you? I am. I mean, I'm, now that you say that, I'm like less sure, but I don't think John Jones has ever moved up in his career. I was very confident that he has made this move before in his career, but now that you're not confident, I'm like, or no, that now you are confident. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not confident enough to like make a bet. I'm, I've been drinking. No, I'm, yeah, I no, really, no, no. I was pretty confident going into this. DC, but that wasn't at heavyweight, right? That was not at no. heavyweight. But the idea is the same, is, is that Izzy's been vocal about this even before he entertained the idea, is that the you can't fight someone bigger by just gaining weight and thinking that so that's going to give you size. So he's just he wants to retain. Move? No, he wants to retain – or John Jones? Yeah. Has been teasing the move for a decade. 
But what I know, but what about the earlier things like the the Ryan Bader, Shogun, who I guess teasing all that for a decade. He's been teasing it for a decade. Izzy went and did it. Like John Jones was talking about it. Izzy did it. Regardless of how the results go, Izzy has two big pairs of huevos, and no one can deny that. He's the one of the most active champions in the higher weights I've ever seen. Uh, he'll fight anyone and everyone. He wants to build his legacy with the biggest killers in the division. I'm a big Izzy fan. I don't think that I so hit so that is at you all. And that, so is you and the rest of the, the, the world. I mean, I, I've still a lot to be desired. I told them before this pod that my stance has not changed. I am on the ship that Izzy's overrated. I'm on the ship that Izzy has holes in his game. I'm on the ship that Izzy's extremely beatable. And I will go down with that ship if I'm wrong. Jan Blahovich plus 195. Please and thank you. And you're negative every time you've gone with that stance. He's extremely beatable besides the fact he's never been beaten. I'm pleading the fifth on this. I see holes, Danny. I see holes. No disrespect. You're going to see Jan Blahovich. No disrespect. Hits him with the one. Uppercut. Poha! <laughs> He's twitching on the canvas, round two. I'm going to be on Izzy. I'm going to lay the minus 235. And that I'm actually bringing the parlay of the week back. It's just Jan Izzy plus 172, those two together. Jan, you, we've talked about this. Jan, Piotr <laughs> Jan with Izzy, plus 172. Plus 172 is a sexy line there. Other, unfortunately, it's going to get busted when Izzy gets slumped. Remember, remember. I hedge my way out with Blahovich. <laughs> So you take that, enjoy that for whatever it's worth. I'll sit over here with my Jan Blahovich money and figure the out. Casuals are also on Amanda Nunez. Just doesn't mean they're going to be wrong just because they're not sharp. Well, uh, I think that's it for the main event challenge. I, I, Kobe's done it, and Danny ceremonial. You want you want to rip it this time? Poha! But uh, I bet on Man City yesterday. Gabriel Azus hit the like breakaway whatever the go ahead yeah yeah go ahead goal and like immediately hit the go ahead goal it was like <laughs> i was like fuck yeah gabriel Jesus. like we love you <laughs> that's awesome thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.